0: Hut, Captain on deck. Greetings from inside the simulacra. Captain Hicks here, and we're going to dive into 2023. Now, why would I be talking about the top movies of 2023 on February 25th? Well, that's because I hadn't watched all the ones that I really wanted to watch until just recently. So I didn't want to comment on things that uh i that were unknowns. I didn't want to have any unknowns in the play. Now, there's some like small movies like Butcher's Crossing and a couple, you know, couple uh innocuous, not not any of the heavy hitters that uh i haven't seen yet, but it's very little. You know, i think Silent Night with Joel. Uh there's a couple little movies, but for the most part, i now i have a good good idea of 2023. I have to tell you, I started making lists of the top movies because I would get so upset on Oscars night and Golden Globes night. And then that was back when I thought I didn't realize the fix was in on all these award shows and that it was a popularity contest and it was, you know, uh, body of work, lifetime achievement, and it was, you know, the studios and And, you know, there were societal, um, and it's become more and more, um, you know, engineering of some degree of, you know, who wins what. So that's when I just started making my own list, and uh, I've been doing it for 20 years now, and it is a huge difference between what the award shows deem as the best and what I deem the best. First thing I need to say is to make it on my list, I gotta want to see the movie. I'm not gonna see every move. If I if you smell a turd floating in that stall in front of you, you're gonna go to another stall, right? If 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 you look at the way that that person making your sandwich handles themselves, they're just sweating and you know, drooling and just a messy individual. I just walk out of the subway togos every single time, you know. I just, I'm not going to eat it. So there has to be a reason to see it, right? It has to be a good trailer. There has to be a series of good trailers. there got to be some good articles. There's got to be some good word of mouth. If none of that is going on, then, you know, I'm really not going to run out and see the movie, so uh you know but for the most part I mean th- there there are quite a few movies in the best picture category that that I deem worthy and I'm glad they've expanded the categories I don't like how they they force filmmakers into certain pigeonholed um ideas of what kind of representation is necessary Um, because, you know, every period has a different, you know, has a different, uh, you know, level of representation, right? So every, every, every genre is a little different and, 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 and that cuts both ways. But I never really wanted to see a, a anatomy of a fall. No desire. Barbie. Now I was so happy. Barbie did so well for the gals. I think it was the best marketed, Female focus film ever. best casting, Margot Robbie and and Ryan Gosling ever. But you know, I just don't really have a huge desire to go see a feminist manifesto. I'm sorry. So it didn't make the list. Um, uh, Maestro, I tried. I didn't get into it. I'll leave it at that. Past lives doesn't look interesting. Poor things. Looks repulsive to me. I mean, Mark Ruffalo is repulsive. Um, You know, um, what's her name? The gal from Superbad. A man, uh, gosh, I can't remember her name right now. But her with a unibrow is just not something I really want to see. Zone of Interest, that really looked terrible, too. So there's some movies... That are on that list. I had I, I didn't have any desire to see, but of the films I had to desire to see, I was very impressed. Actually, when you get through all the minutia, there there were some really. The thing is, like in the in the in the industry, after all this shakeup, it's kind of like our society. You've got some really good films this year. And then you've got the worst movies ever made, the flop busters, right? But there were some good movies, but there's no middle class. There's There's very little middle class going on in Hollywood right now. And I'll get into streaming next week. I'll do one on streaming. And then I may do a Worst Of, but doing a Worst Of is just going to be a bitch session. So I might leave that one alone. Um... I consider this year, and I haven't heard any pundits go into this at any level, that this was the year of the business movie. Nobody's talking about that. Why? Well, they don't make a lot of money. Why is that? Well, a lot of the plebes don't understand business, and you know, I, I understand, you know, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of in, individuals, a lot of the profane out there don't understand business. So they're not going to really go out and see business movies. But this was the year of business movies. And it's been, I I, I shouldn't say understated, hasn't been mentioned. Hasn't been mentioned. And there were some great ones. But I was thinking about the top movies this year. You have to go back to like 2019, where there were some worthy movies. 1917 and Joker. Those were good movies. Movies. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Excellent. Avengers endgame. The end of the MCU. The beginning after that of the MCU. Marriage Story. Richard Jewell. John Wick, you know, three. You know. There's a lot there was good movies in 2019. That was before COVID hit. And then COVID hits. Get this. Nomad Land. I liked Nomad Land, but was that the best picture of the year? That was my Choice, and that's how weak it was. Mank was another big movie. Those are the two best movies of 2020, in my opinion. Dune part one, I love Dune, but it's kind of hard with a part one because there's not there wasn't that crescendo. I'm really looking forward to Dune Part 2 next week. Nightmare Alley, that is one of the best movies in the last 20 years. It's in my top 10 for sure. Rich, King Richard, that was such a good movie until Will Smith put his stank on it from the Oscars slap. But that was a good movie. And then 2022, Maverick was excellent. A Triangle of Sadness was good. Avatar Way of Water was good. And Weight of Massive Talent was good. But not a lot of like massively, you know, Oscar worthy films. So this year, I was so pleased. I'm not going to get in. I have... 45 films on my best movie list. Now, this is all weighted. Now, you, I'm when I say best movies, these are films I liked, okay? Are they the best ever? No. But when you compare it to movies of the 80s and 90s, or, you know, basically mid-80s to 1999, 90% of these can't hold the jockstrap of those movies. But relative to the day we're in, they were, they were pleasing to watch. I'll just mention some until I ramp up to the top 20. But I, I, did, I liked Cat People. I'm going to write a review about Cat People. That was a very unusual suspense thriller. Uh, Extraction 2, excellent action. Sisu, another John Wick-like action, but it just got so implausible and ridiculous at the end, I had to jump off. Vacation Friends 2, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was pretty funny. The first one was one of the funniest movies in 10 years. Um, Big George Foreman, that was good. Uh, The Boston Strangler, that was on uh, Hulu. That went into some really good, uh, interesting caveats in that case that that I didn't know. Uh, Fair Play, that was a good brokerage film. Uh, I, I I liked I liked the young actors in that uh, Alden and Phoebe good good young actors. It had a really good portrayal of the securities industry. Um, the Last Voyage of the De- Demeter. I just saw that the I've always thought I've read Dracula many times. I've always thought that that did deserve its own film. That because Dracula's three acts right. It's Transylvania. It's the Demeter, and then it's London with Van Helsing. I I thought it was really well done. I, I good cast. I, I was I was I was into it. I mean, it's nothing to write home about. But I thought it was shot well. I thought it was it was a well uh, produced film. Mission Impossible: Dead and Dead Reckoning Part One at 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 number thirty. This got so much hype because of the uh, special effects. And they were. They were incredible. It was an incredible action film. But they kind of phoned it in. you got to remember, people are tired of franchises. And people are tired of part ones. Right? We want to just have the movie be done and go home. Right? Um, we're tired. Of, we had a perfectly good heroine sidekick Rebecca Ferguson who is one of the best badass action stars ever in my book she's up there with Sigourney she's in that elite list and to do what they did to her and then they had to bring in the 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 gal from um that played uh in in the uh Sue Carter who was Steve Rogers' girlfriend, and she she's been in some stuff. She's kind of recognizable, but they had to bring in a new uh, f- uh, female uh, lead, Haley Atwell. <sighs> Wasn't a fan of that, and it just and, and even though I I love the heavy in it, you know, I love that guy from uh, La Bamba. I love that guy. It just it just didn't quite work. It was too too ridiculous. The last 3 Mission Impossible movies were so damn good and so much better. This had bigger than life action but it wasn't better. Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it was so cheeky and fun and and uh they did a really good job with that. It was a little identity politics, a little SJW but but everybody did a good job and it was fun and had a good time and chris pine is just so likable um i can't wait for more of those you know hugh grant is a good heavy i loved him he kind of reminded me of the heavy that he was in cloud atlas john wick Four it was a video game. It wasn't I love John Wick is one of my favorite franchises and I love the first 3, but this was just a video game and it was the it was all led by there were so many you know plot holes and 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 logic leaps and it just didn't do service to what we saw before. Still watching it back, I watched it a second time. It was fun. It was great action, but I want a little bit more. I don't want I don't want potato chips. I want a meal, you know. I want nutrition. And I know that's asking for a lot, but John Wick had that for so many of those films. Napoleon, Ridley Scott's one of the best. Joaquin Phoenix is in my top 5 three actors of all time. They were paying homage to Stanley Kubrick with it, but it didn't work. It it worked from an epic standpoint, the battles, the, the cinematography, the sets, the locations, all incredible. But it really needed a narrator. I had to go back and watch Amadeus again because I was thinking to myself, it needed a narrator. It needed a plot device where you could have somebody that is intersecting themselves into Napoleon's life and explaining these segues. From one one timeline to another, it was just, it felt like a Kubrick film in the fact that it was very um, sterile, and um, it kind of tried to show you that aspect of elites, which is this devoid of personality, so to speak, and they achieved that, and I, I just felt it was it, 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 they didn't do justice to the character of Napoleon. And if Napoleon was that boring and and uh, from a standpoint of his personality and, and his lifestyle and what have you, they could have jazzed it up, right? They, they could have used a little creative license and you have such a genius in Joaquin. Uh, that was sad. Super Mario Brothers, that was a fun movie. Uh it was a throwback animated. That's how that's why Universal is taking over Hollywood. That's why they're the largest studio now. Super Mario nailed it on so many levels. Uh I love the Jesus Revolution, the guy from Chosen. Uh good story about um what happened there in Southern California. I think that was uh Calvary Chapel. And uh, just a great, great base on a true story. Very uplifting spiritual story. Um, 24, Joining the Pandaverse, the South Park uh, take on Kathleen Kennedy and Disney. And uh, that, I had to go on my list. It was just, I hadn't laughed that hard in years. So that had to be on there. Uh, 22, I got Self-Reliance. um, Jack John uh, Jake Johnson. That is a fun little take on kind of like, uh, um, Squid Game challenge, and and reality TV, and uh, that it was just a it was a real fun film, and he directed it and starred in it, and for a for a a a B movie comedy thriller, it was fully enjoyable. Same as you know, Cocaine Bear cocaine bear twenty one that was one of that was that that's one of those guilty pleasures and it was so ridiculous it was based in some truth it got a little ridiculous at the end with the cubs and oh my God, but I thought everybody all the all the performers it was so cool Elizabeth banks brought a lot of her people from modern family in there, and there's just some good casting. And obscure casting, but good. Um, and Ray Liotta—that was one of his last films. So I had to, had, had to. I think they're going to do a sequel, uh, which is crazy. But um, *Nefarious*. *Nefarious*. It, thats number twenty. When it comes to possession and demonic possession. I think it was better than The Exorcist, because the Exorcist, well, all these, maybe not the original Exorcist, but since then, it's the best possession movie, hands down. It got a lot of uh, censorship because uh, it came from a Christian perspective, but I loved it. Pain Hustlers, I think that was a Netflix movie. It was about fentanyl. It was about. It was during the opioid crisis, and uh, I know we've seen so many of those, but Emily Blunt and Chris Evans just killed it in that. Um, just a good another deep dive into the o- o- opioid, and we've been sacklered to death, right, with all the Sackler docudramas and doc series, and multiple miniseries and movies, and. But I really thought this one did a really good job in the in the fentanyl space. The Hill is a really good coming in at eighteen. That's a really good based on true story about a um, son of a preacher who has uh, major disabilities, whereas his legs, and he and he and he he wants to be a major league baseball player. Such a good heart filled story. I love that. And Dennis Quaid just he just always brings it. The Killer, the killers. The killer at seventeen got a lot of got lampooned a lot because a lot of people didn't didn't think it lived up to the david uh, Finchner motif but i I really liked it was not your linear storytelling it wasn't your 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 paint by numbers story and Fassbender, he he is a great actor. Uh, excellent a-lister he's just the perfect kind of a-list where everybody knows his name but you never hear anything about him on social media and he just really brought it as a um, as an assassin and, and 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 the methodology like when you you read a book like by Clancy or uh, Stephen Hunter about how assassins operate this nailed it just like on that level great ending. Uh, some good actors in there. Uh, Tilda was really, really, really good at the end. But uh, I enjoyed The Killer. Uh, Puppy Love. Puppy Love was one of the better rom coms to come out in many years. Um, it's it's on freebie, and uh, it's just about you know how these two, these two two people that are having a hard time, you know, meeting people. They they met through 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 a dog date. It was it was really cute. Uh, and, it, and it ties in a lot of the issues that we have post-COVID, of isolation, and there's a lot of good messages in that. Fifteen, family plan. When it comes to family action films, I think since, since Spy Kids, uh, who did that? Uh, Rodriguez did that. Spy Kids. Since then, this was so much fun, and Wahlberg... There's nothing Walberg can't do; he's just so damn good that's why he's starting his own film studio in Vegas, but this was worthy tight uh tight 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 story and it was plausible everything it was it was there was some ridiculous moment but they made it plausible at fourteen dream scenario which I did a big review on this Nick Cage you know in his comeback since uh uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, this is another one of those. I, I I just hope. I know it didn't do well on the box office. This one should be nominated for awards. Cade should be nominated. He's just so good. He plays off his char- plays off the characterizations of you know eighty percent of his films so well. in this beta B you know type of you know insecure guy that everybody's dreaming about. Loved it. Dumb Money, just this, this, now, this isn't a business movie. Well, no, this is a business, this is a business movie. This is about what happened with Robin Hood, and what happened with Robin Hood and GameStop. And it's a really good depiction. Paul Dano is one of the top millennial actors, hands down, so much range. I mean, ever since There Will Be Blood, he's just been tremendous. Everything he does. And uh, so this is the first of the business movies. So, dumb money, great business not great, really good, solid, good storytelling. David versus Goliath. Um, it's it's a must see. That's number 13. And there's a lot more business movies. Air. Air was a great cast. I mean, come on, you got Matt Damon, Bat, Ben Affleck back together. Bateman was excellent in it. Um I'm trying to remember who else was in this. I think the one downside of air, which I think it was a really well constructed story about the business of air Jordan and how that all came to pass. Uh, Oh, Chris Tucker was in there. Um, Oh, Jay Moore. Jay Moore doesn't even look like Jay Moore anymore. I mean, goodness gracious. But uh, I I thought it was a really solidly executed film. Uh, it just didn't have the Wow factor because you didn't have a lot of Jordan in it, and I think they made a mistake there, and gosh, it got crushed in the box office but it was a it was an excellent business movie it's in my top ten business movies uh outside of wall street uh ever uh, uh the Beanie bubble about the beanie baby uh a bubble that was created and uh you know just when zach uh, Galifianakis is kind of out of the scene he just comes busting back and he just slays it and uh you know you got elizabeth banks in there um gosh who's the gal was it amanda pete no um uh no no it was elizabeth banks elizabeth banks just destroyed uh Sarah Schnook. She's from uh she's from Succession. She was good too. But a lot of good uh uh female characters in this. Uh it was it was um it was a very surprisingly good story. I didn't know all the nuances of that Beanie Baby bubble and how uh, atrocious uh he was to his uh you know his his uh You know, everybody that worked at the company, you know, Ty Warner was just a greedy bastard. How do these people lose sight so much? It's unbelievable to me. Uh, But again, another great business movie. It's more about, you know, all these business movies are more about what not to do than what to do. Um, So top 10, Gran Turismo. I didn't even really want to see this. I thought, oh, man, what a ridiculous story. But goodness gracious. I mean, when it comes to going, this is based on a true story. Kid is playing the PS3 uh, Gran Turismo game. Great marketing plan by the uh, Orlando Bloom character to the winner of a Gran Turismo tournament gets a shot. The winners, regional winners, get a shot to be, uh, you know, race car drivers in uh, NASCAR, NASCAR race car drivers tremendous tremendous film and i loved i loved the uh the lead in this he was the guy that was he was in c and uh he was also in another movie i didn't like the movie too much but um saltburn he was in salt he's got range this kid archie mackie Madeki, Madeki. archie madeckie so good such a good actor, such a good young actor. I'm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to put him. You know, I gotta start a uh, Gen Z list of top Gen Z actors. But if you look at his performance in C versus Gran Turismo, and then Saltburn, they're two, three totally different people. So, um, oh, and Voyagers. He's in Voyagers. No, this this kid is a up and comer, and he sold it. He sold me excellent racing film excellent racing film and then you go harbor david harbour he's he's always solid he's always solid you know ever you know I, I hope we get to see some more stranger things number nine a million miles away that's the uh, michael pena i didn't think i was going to want to see this movie and my wife kind of pushed me into it and it was just a great story about the american dream uh, you know, a Latino boy who wants to make it as a NASA astronaut. What a journey, what a story. Uh, you know, I just love, I was, I was kind of, I've always loved Michael Pena, especially ever since crash, right? He was, you know, he put the little fairy cape on his daughter and, and she saved him with the same cape. He's so much fun. I, I loved him in Ant-Man. But he, gosh, he was just so terrible in the Jack Ryan as um, Chavez. So terrible. He just, he's, he's not an action guy. I mean, he's he's got a, you know, dad bod. He just doesn't look like an assassin. But he was so good and likable in his wheelhouse. Another uh, Latin-themed uh, story, Flaming Hot. I was really surprised. The story of how Flaming Hot was added to the cheetos what this guy jesse Garcia just killed it and even longoria directed that that was so impressive such a good heartfelt story he rags to riches and perseverance determination excellent sound of freedom you know sensation um at number seven um Caviezel, you know, I mean, he just he carried that movie, just the story behind that movie and how it was blocked and, you know, and then how it, it did better than Indiana Jones when it came out. It just the story. The Sound of Freedom story is just by itself without all of the child trafficking stuff and how that really triggered a lot of people. Uh, it's it's a it's it's a travesty that that movie wasn't nominated for any awards. It just shows you the, the censorship in Hollywood is real. Um, enough of that. Tetris at number six. Tetris is another business movie. It is the story of how they were able to bring Tetris to all of us. And that there was a connection between a Russian engineer, while we were in the Cold War, behind... The, the Iron Curtain right, and, and there was a tie in with the Maxwell family, okay which is is very apropos because Ghislaine maxwell 's father he was a, uh, a a tycoon, a media tycoon for many years, and his son was a little snivelling bastard, and they had a a, a tie in to um how how you know they they own some rights and then it was um uh, Taryn, um Egerton's character who kind of brokered this whole this whole deal uh, between the Maxwells and the Russians and and then the designer of the game and oh what a business movie i, I it's one of the best business movies ever made again Dumb Money, Air, Beanie Baby, uh, Beanie Bubble, and Tetris. Great business movie. Why is nobody talking about these great business movies? Uh, But that one was on Apple Plus, and, you know, probably not as many people got to see it. But I would have played, I would have marketed it far better, especially after the Epstein, um, you know, fake suicide, and Ghislaine, and her capture, and then we're going to wait for all the, the, the the juice to come out about the elites that kind of was buried, you know, we were all worried about that, you know, beginning of the year that was all kind of buried but, uh, you know, we got uh, you know, a story of the Maxwell family Robert Maxwell and and they do a good job just showing what a bastard he was he really was, he was just a he was, uh, he had an intelligence background and he, he was doing a lot of dirty dealing, blah 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 but, um uh, Taryn, again when it comes to millennial actors this kid has got so much range uh I think he, he could be you know he could be he's in the running for James Bond I know that I could see him do it I mean I'm a Henry Cavill fan I would put Cavill before him uh Oppenheimer I just rewatched Oppenheimer last night I just got a new receiver and uh I, I wanted to have the 7.2 sound surround sound. This is one of the best sound movies ever. Uh when it comes to a drama, not a sci-fi movie with sound. Uh Nolan is, you know, he's a master. And the way he was able to to um craft the story from a standpoint of the investigation of Robert Strauss. And then the the arbitration or interrogation of Oppenheimer when he was trying to go for his security clearance. And how they unfolded the story in the typical Nolan fashion of, you know, going, you know, like Memento, you know, going back in time. And so interesting. I don't put this as high as some of the others because there were some lulls, even though this cast is tremendous. Killian Murphy, I mean, you know, ever since, um, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he's done, you know, worked with Christopher Nolan in the past. He played the Scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy. But for me, you know, ever since, uh, you know, we we saw him. Um, he was in Dunkirk, too. But Peaky Blinders. Thomas Shelby is one of those enigmatic characters, one of those iconic characters. That series uh, did it for me. I mean, that was my, my favorite performance by him. And uh, that's one of my favorite crime dramas of all time. So to see him in a role. But he was in a similar kind of role. He was a womanizer. He was an alcoholic. He chain-smoked. Uh, you know, he was very stoic. Uh, similar kind of kind of character, so it was right in his wheelhouse. Uh, I hated the Emily Blunt character, which I love her so much. I hate to hate. I I hate to Oh, lo- well, I I hate to hate her. You know what I mean? And uh, everybody else did great. I mean, Downey was great as Strauss, the heavy, and you know you have all the great physicists in there. You got Heisenberg and Niels Bohr and Teller, and it was just anybody who's a physics geek. Uh, is going to really dig this film. But it was too long. It needed an edit. Also, it was a little sympathetic to the communists, which it kind of, there was this underlying agenda, like they were crucifying him because he had communist um, uh, ties, which, yeah, when you're Q clearance, you got to be clean. So, yeah. Number five. Another business movie, BlackBerry. BlackBerry. The story behind how BlackBerry happened and all of the bullshit needed to make that company happy happen. And the difference between how you got a founder that can make a product and start a company. And then you got a guy that can take that company IPO and grow it and just I, I think this BlackBerry should be, and it's nobody's talked about this movie at all. It was my number one movie for a long ass time this year. Uh, you know when, it, and you know Jay um, Barchel and 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 Glenn Howerton uh, and Matt Johnson was good in it too. These two guys are just played so well off of each other. Great indie movie, super underrated, understated should have got some play and you know that was the best of the business movies but in my top twenty business movies dumb money and air and 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 beanie bubble and then my top ten is gonna be Tetris and Blackberry all time business movies non financial services business movies which dumb money's on the kind of outskirts of that not in the industry necessarily so, going into the top three, I just reviewed it. Iron Claw. When it comes to family stories about brothers, about unity, about dysfunction, uh, about celebrity, uh, you know, it's just a matter. Anybody who really wants to be a uh, you know internet famous should watch Iron Claw because once you once you start getting some fame, the Eye of Sauron is on you and. More bad things happen than good. So, and I just reviewed it, so I'm not going to get in it, but I loved Iron Claw. Holdovers, Paul Giamatti at his finest. You know, he's up there with Alexander Payne again. Uh, those three worked so well. Divine and and Giamatti. And, and Dominic Cessna, who was just an, an unknown, discover, Great story. Listen to my podcast on that. Some good backstory on that. Also, Iron Claw. Listen to my podcast on that. Great backstory on that. So, Holdover's number two. Number one movie last year, hands down, The Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, I went back and I did some research after my podcast, uh, which I go into some of the backstory. But to think Scorsese, Scorsese... If you think about it, the greats—they start to wane in their greatness when they hit about sixty. Okay, like Hitchcock. Uh, well, Kubrick died, uh, but Hitchcock and Kubrick and, and Orson Welles. And, but for for Marty to make a movie this damn good, and he is eighty years old. He is eighty. Two years old, and he made one of the finest movies of the last decade. Uh, and then you got all the greats all together. So everybody's gonna—I mean, hopefully that wins some awards. But of the ones that that I like that are in for awards, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, Holdovers, and and, and can you believe Iron Claw wasn't nominated for anything? Now maybe not the acting stuff, but gosh, should have got it. Should have got a Best Picture nod. Uh, and then Oppenheimer, but it's flawed. Oppenheimer was flawed, but nothing for Sound of Freedom, nothing at all. I mean, come on, come on. There should have been something there, but that's the best of, uh, 2023. Uh, I know it was a little longer than I normally am, but I wanted to cover the whole year in its entirety. Um, and then I'm going to be doing the best of uh, streaming, and I may do a worst of if 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 I get a little bit of a clamoring for the worst of, uh, which I'm going to have to add to that list because I saw some other shit recently. Uh, I will do that for film and for uh, television. So thanks for joining me, and never forget to open your.